0: like to read this account of the Last Supper, of the time of Jesus before His suffering, but as He was sharing that Last Supper with His disciples. At this point, I'd like to read from verse 14 through verse 35. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went out unto the chief priests and said unto them, What will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenanted with him for thirty pieces of silver. And from that time he sought opportunity to betray him. Now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, and the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve, and as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The Son of Man goeth, as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and brake it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for their remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in the Father's kingdom. And when they had sung the hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then saith Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before thee into Galilee. And Peter answered and said unto him, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet I will never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, that This night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. Peter said unto him, Though I should die with thee, yet I will not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. I wanted to read that as a starting point, set the stage for what I'd like to talk about this evening. It's a familiar story of Jesus sharing that last supper with his disciples when, well let me back up. So he was sharing that last supper. It was was the Passover supper. And I believe that as they shared that supper and Jesus shared the bread and the cup with them, that he was putting a different emphasis on the Passover than had ever been put on it before. He was transitioning that Passover feast to something new. He told the disciples as He gave them the cup and the bread that this is My blood. This signifies something different than what it signified before. This is My blood that was shed for you. Bread, this is My body which is broken for you. I'd like to consider that significance just for a little bit. We know that the bread and the cup were not and are not Jesus' literal body. So why did he say that this is my body and this is my blood? What was the significance of that? And I believe that the significance is that figuratively, they were partaking of his body, of his blood, his his body that was going to be broken, mistreated, and his blood that would be shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And as they were partaking of that, they were identifying with him. They were identifying with what he was getting ready to go through, with the sacrifice that he was getting ready to make. They didn't understand it at that point, I don't believe, because they didn't understand what Jesus' mission on earth really was about until after all of this had taken place. After the Holy Spirit had come. But yet I believe that He was leading them in a participation of that sacrifice to show them that this is how you identify with Me. By partaking of these emblems, you are... are expressing a visible identity with me and with the sacrifice that I am making for you. I believe that that identity with Christ and with His sacrifice is what He was emphasizing. The Passover was initially instituted as a form of identity. Identity. That night in Egypt, those who wanted to identify as part of the children of Israel, who wanted to identify as God's people, did what they were told. And they went out and they slaughtered a lamb and they took that blood and they applied it to the doorposts of their house. Those that wanted to identify with Egypt did nothing. And when the destroyer came through that night, there was no mistaken identities. The people of God were clearly identified by what they had done. They had applied the blood to the doorposts of their house. They chose to identify as God's people. Now as we look at the Lord's Supper... I believe that Jesus was setting in place something here to challenge His disciples and to challenge us 2,022 years later, roughly 2,000 years, however you want to figure it, to challenge us who would choose to be His disciples that the act of observing the sharing of the bread and the cup is an act of identity with Christ. An act of showing that we are in Him. An act of showing that we have accepted Him. We have accepted Him as the, as the Lord of our life. We have accepted His way. Recognizing that His way is best. So, as I look at this account, I see strongly that identity with Christ and with His sacrifice. But there was another theme in this account that is so strong we talk about it but sometimes I think we almost overlook it. And recently in my Bible reading I've been reading through the New Testament recently and I just read through all of the Gospels within the last couple weeks. And Every gospel, as I read through it, there was a theme that impressed me when I read the the account of Christ's suffering and death. And it it impressed upon me, and I thought, there's what I should preach about. And I thought, how can I preach about this? How, How is this a communion sermon? And that is the... Theme of Denial and Betrayal. Did you ever think about how strong the theme of denial and betrayal is in the story of Christ's suffering? I struggled with how that could be a communion message until I looked at this and I saw that the partaking of the Lord's Supper is an identity with Him. That is the opposite of denial and betrayal. I want us to consider the denial and the betrayal of Jesus and pull some lessons out for us today. First of all, it's in the verses we just read, we see Judas betraying his Lord. Judas was one of the twelve, one of those that Claire talked about that Jesus handpicked to have close fellowship with Him during His ministry here on earth. Judas had the same opportunities as Peter, James, and John and all of the other disciples. Yet, he chose a different direction. And I don't think, as I said, that any of the disciples had an understanding of Jesus' true mission on earth. Because they didn't understand and comprehend the spiritual nature of His work. And so we don't understand what Judas understood of Jesus. And we don't understand the reasoning behind His actions. We look at that account and we say, why? Why would Judas betray his Lord, his friend, his teacher? But it seems that Judas may have been driven by greed. We do have a window into Judas' heart. John 12, verses 4-6 through 6 says, Then saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put therein. And that word bare What was put therein doesn't mean he carried it. It means that he helped himself, what was put there. See, it says, because he was a thief, Judas had a love for money that caused him to do unscrupulous things, and I believe that that is the reason that Judas denied his Lord. There was a financial gain in it. He got 30 pieces of silver and I'm guessing that wasn't just a $10 bill. I'm guessing that was a significant amount of money at that time. For financial gain, Judas denied the one who was going to suffer and die for his sins. So think about identity. Who was Judas or what was Judas choosing to identify with? rather than identifying with his Lord, he was making a choice to identify with the riches of the world. Rather than the one that had come to give him true riches. The one who was here to offer him new life. The one that was here to offer him freedom from that bondage. I had to think of Jesus teaching what He said in the, uh, as He expounded on the parable of the sower in Mark 14, 9, He spoke about the uh, seed that fell on the, in, among the thorns. And He said, in the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entering in choke the word and it become unfruitful. Jesus said there, and Judas probably heard those words spoken, that the material things of this life, the lust for the material things and the lust for, for, for money and possessions, will choke out your spiritual life. And we know the verse in First Tim, I believe it's First Timothy six nine, that they will, that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into, into many foolish and heart, hurtful lusts which drowned men in destruction and perdition. That was written after Judas' time, but it's a principle that's true. And I believe that that's what we see playing out in Judas' life. See, the wealth and material things of this world can be a pleasant poison that we gladly partake of until it slowly chokes out our spiritual life. And I think that's what happened to Judas. Judas. He chose to identify with with money, with riches and pleasures of the world rather than the spiritual riches that Jesus was offering, that Jesus was getting ready to sacrifice His life for. He chose an identity that led Him away from the true life in Christ. I also wanted to consider Jesus in the garden. You can turn over Turn to uh, Matthew 26. I'd like to read a few verses continuing where we stopped. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane and, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The Spirit indeed is, is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, Thou will be done. And He came and found them asleep again, and their eyes were heavy. And He left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh He to His disciples and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Jesus was facing... I believe one of the most difficult and trying moments of his life. We talk about his temptation at the beginning of his ministry. And I believe that was a trying time. But I think that here as he faced suffering and death and rejection, I think what he wrestled with was probably one of the most intense struggles that Jesus had in, the, in human flesh. And he, we see that He desired that His disciples would pray with Him. In verse 40 and 41, we see Him encouraging His disciples to pray that they would not fall into temptation. And I believe He was concerned for them, but I believe He as well wanted their support. I think He wanted His closest friends to be around Him, to be supporting Him To know that they were seeking God during this trying and difficult time. Yet at that critical moment, the fleshly desire for rest won out over the commitment that they had to their Lord and their desire to be true to Him. Do you think that it would have made a difference in their in their denial of Him later if they had watched and prayed with Him that hour? I believe it could have. But yet, while their Lord and Master went through an intense spiritual battle, they slept. And we often don't maybe talk about that as as denying the Lord, but yet, in a way it is, because they left Him alone at His time of need. So, after that time of prayer, things began to happen. Judas appeared in the garden with a band of men. They came to arrest Jesus. And at that moment, Peter at least seemed very ready to identify with his Lord. Because Peter got out his sword and he took a swipe at the high priest's servant, took off his ear, and he was ruddy to defend his Lord. But you know, that determination to identify with Christ and to defend Him at any cost, how long did that last? We're told in Mark 14, verse 50, and they all forsook Him and fled. I don't know how long that that moment in the garden of Jesus' arrest took But personally, I don't think it took an hour. I think it took five or ten minutes maybe. And all of Jesus' disciples fled. What did we read earlier in uh, Matthew 26? Peter said, even if I have to die, I won't deny you. And was it just Peter? Peter? No. It says that they all said the same thing. At this point, Judas probably had already went out. There was 11 men saying, we'll die with you tonight if we have to. And here, mere maybe hours later, they all forsook Him and fled. Rather than to choose to identify with their Lord and Savior. And that wasn't the last time Jesus was denied. Matthew twenty six sixty nine through seventy five. Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou also was with Jesus of Galilee, and he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was going out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there. This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth, and again he denied with an oath, "I do not know the man." And after a while came came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, "Surely thou art thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee." And then began he to curse and to swear, saying, "I know not the man." And immediately the cock crew. Jesus was vehemently denying that He knew the Lord Jesus Christ. He was calling down curses upon Himself. Why? I think it was because Peter feared for his own life and his own reputation more than he loved his Lord. When Jesus was standing by His side, Peter could make all kinds of boasts about loyalty but when he found himself standing alone amongst a hostile crowd he gave in to fear and he denied the lord so as i read these accounts i was impressed with all of these times that jesus was betrayed he was left alone as he wrestled in prayer he was abandoned He was denied by one of His closest friends. And this was right after He gave them the cup and the bread and said, this is My body that is broken for you. This is My blood which is shed for you. Today, we're going to partake of those emblems as well. And as we partake of them, we're going to signify our identity with Jesus Christ and with His sacrifice for us. And as I considered this, I had to ponder if we're ever like the disciples. Partaking in these emblems, identifying with Him, identifying with His suffering, His death and His sacrifice, and then going forth and denying Him. So I'd like to draw some parallels for us today. Judas betrayed his Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Do we ever allow the chance to gain a few earthly dollars? Do we ever allow that chance, that opportunity, to cause us to do something that would shame the name of our Lord? I'll have to admit that it's amazed me in my own life how the possibility of a material gain can cause me to overlook something that would be spiritually detrimental in my life. I've experienced it more than once. And so often you don't see it at the time. You look back. And there's a time or so that I look back and I see that God, through circumstances or something, kept me from making a decision that may have been spiritually detrimental to me. I thank Him for it. So maybe we're tempted at times to deny our Lord by by pursuing material things above Him or putting us in a position of being in an unequal yoke or putting us in a position where we don't have time for the Lord, for fellowship with Him, for His work, We look at Jesus and say, we'd never betray the Lord for money. But yet, I think that we face the same temptation. Are we willing to identify with the Lord, even if it means a loss of a potential financial gain? In the garden, we saw the disciples sleeping while Jesus wrestled in prayer. And we say, what a pity. Why couldn't have they been there to support Jesus during that time of struggle and and mental and spiritual anguish? But you know, how willing am I to spend time wrestling in prayer for a brother or a sister that I know is facing a difficulty or facing a temptation? How quick I am to breathe a quick prayer and shut my eyes and go to sleep. Or are we willing to maybe get up early so that we have more time to pray for our brothers and our sisters, someone that's struggling? Are we dedicated to spending daily time fellowshipping with the Lord? Or is our sleep too precious that we can't get up a little earlier? And so we just give him a few quick minutes of our day before we rush on about our busyness. I believe that Jesus still desires for us to watch and pray with him one hour. And I'm not saying it has to be an hour by the clock. He is he desires his people to watch and pray with him. Are we identifying with him? Are we denying Him? Are we ever like the disciples when the crowd came to arrest Jesus? When we find ourselves in a situation that's hostile towards our Lord? Do we run away? Do we try to hide our identity? Do we do like Peter and deny that we know Christ? Hopefully not, but again, from personal experience, I know how easy it is to be in a crowd like that. And your desire is to just kind of shrink back and blend in. Maybe you want to try to change your appearance so you fit in in that situation. Or change how you talk, how you relate, maybe what jokes you laugh at. You would naturally shrink back from standing alone. What about being in a public place? and bowing your head to ask a blessing on the meal. What about your appearance? Are you you happy to to visibly identify as a child of Jesus Christ? Are you happy to appear in a way that identifies you with your Lord? I know these things are real struggles because I think every one of these I have struggled with. So I ask, are we willing to identify with our Lord or do we choose in these difficult situations to deny Him? Jesus gave everything for us. Jesus gave up heaven. He gave up the comforts of this world. He gave up his life. He gave up uh, he, he he gave of himself through suffering. What should we give in return? My challenge for us this evening is that as we partake of these emblems, that we recognize that we are identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us as we partake. But let's not let our identity with Him stop when we walk out of these doors. But rather, let's go forth from this service reminded and strengthened to be glad, to be ready, to be willing to identify with Him. When we think of all that He's done for us, shouldn't we be more than happy? (laughs) To identify with Him. Through Him, we have forgiveness of sins. Through that, we can have fellowship with God the Father. Because of that, we can be claimed as God's sons and daughters. Do you want to identify? We should all be thrilled to identify. We also have the promise of eternity and glory. And here on earth, We're able as his children to live a life or to live lives that are fulfilled. Lives that are fulfilled in serving him and serving others. So may we always be willing to identify with Christ.